Today, you're looking bright and spruzy. I am really, really good. I have to share this with you. I want to show you the view from my office. Can I do that? Sure. Okay. It so will so work. Let me walk you over to the door of my office so you can see what I see. All right. Ready? Here we go. Okay. So let me walk you outside because you're in New York, right? Yes, I'm in New York. Yeah. Wow. So you're sitting up here on the hill. The beauty of nature. About two o'clock every, every day, I have an eagle that comes over the stream out here. Wow. I'll walk you back in. Try not to make your car sick. Wow. This is awesome. Natural beauty. Wow. That is my view. I love my office. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing, Dr. Mayer. Wow. I'm just so excited that you have accepted this invitation to be on this Empower New Nurses platform. I'm excited. First of all, how has it been going for you since we left I mean, our it's meeting place in Texas? It has been really, really good. Texas, coming back from Texas? Yeah. It was good. The trip back was nice. I met a lot of wonderful people such as yourself. And it's just been refreshing to get out into the world and have real live conversations with real live people again. The diversity is great. Well, Michelle, I'm so happy you have accepted again, I say, the invitation of coming on. First, I would like you to just tell us a little about yourself and what you do. Well, I'm Ray Shan NS Mayer, and I do all kinds of things. If I had a motto, it would be, ha, is there a box? Where's the box? There is no box. So what I do in my professional life, I, design or, I have designed organ models for drug trials and ran clinical trials. That's been about 20 years of heavy cell culture and R&D. I then went into quality control and worked in quality control with cell culture. And then in the middle of all of that, had a family and opened a dog kennel because of course everybody who works in cell biology should have a dog kennel, right? So we're the first green kennel in the state of Maryland and the fourth one in the nation. And of the first four, the only one under the same ownership. So that's, that's part of what you saw in the beginning clip was part of that kennel there. So we have a full staff that helps win the kennel. In addition to that, I have a radio program called Raising Connections. And Raising Connections talks about critters, companions, commerce, and agriculture. And that's how I met Dr. Smith. This is awesome. You know, as I research your, your, your pages and a little about you, I realized I saw the horses. I saw the beauty of where you your, your reside or your activities are. And I was really, really impressed because nature brings you home so much. It does, it resolves, it helps. And you know, I, I, I that inner peace, because I was researching and on um, pet therapy. And Ooh. when I saw that, that, that the, actually the cortisone that's high, the stress um, cortisone, cortisol um, hormone, it, the research shows that it actually is lessened when one pets 
an animal, when one pets an animal. And also um, the, the, the hormone, the good hormone oxytocin is yes. also it, it is increased when you have a social, you have an interaction with your animals. So, wow, I said, wow. So you can imagine sometimes when patients are in the hospital setting and they want to see their pets or they want to touch their pets. That in itself has therapeutic value. 100% plus, and it's so important. One of the conferences I was able to attend this summer was Horses and Humans Research Foundation, where they're talking about therapeutic riding, so horseback riding or horse work in aid of therapy. And one of the groups I work with actually does, K-Pets here in Maryland, through the Kennel Club, they actually do a lot of therapeutic dog work in the nursing homes and the reading programs, the libraries. And that cortical steroid, it's really interesting. So I'll just divert just here for a minute. Yes. That cortical steroid level for the horses, it's become very important because one of the questions is, this was at Humans and Horses Research Foundation just this past July when we were talking about this. They've replaced the bit in the horse's mouth with a piece of tubing and a cotton swab in it to collect saliva. Because one of the ways, as you mentioned, you can measure cortical steroids is in saliva. And so by having that piece of tubing with little holes in it, imagine like a penny flute, if you will, but a piece of tubing with the cotton swab in the middle there and in the horse's mouth. So as they're doing their work with the therapeutic riding or therapeutic groundwork, you can take real time saliva samples and send those off to the lab to have a cortical steroids measured. And it can let you know, is there stress? Because as you well know, there's good stress. Oh my gosh, we're really doing this. I can't believe I'm doing it. I've got butterflies in my stomach. And then there's ugh, stress. I have to go back. They're coming again. Uh, oh, it's that. all stress and it can be measured through cortical steroids. So one of the things in the therapeutic writing we learned at the Humans and Horses Research Foundation conference was we can measure the cortical steroids being released through saliva. And then when the hair grows in a horse right here, you know, if I wear the horse, there's a bridle path where the headgear goes. And that hair is often trimmed to allow a better fit of the bridle. And hair can have a cortical steroid footprint. So as it grows, as the hair grows, you can find cortical steroid footprint in there. And since hair grows on a routine basis, traditionally, you can then correlate the hair growth cortical steroid with the saliva cortical steroid and the blood plasma cortical steroid release to get a really interesting read of what the horse or the animal the dog is doing, as well as in the helmets of the riders, they are using biofeedback in those helmets and taking cheek swabs for saliva samples before, during, and after the riding or the work with the horses. So you can get a profile of the human cortical steroid release and the horse cortical steroid release or the human cortical steroid release and the dog cortical steroid release to see is and a measurement because after all we're scientists and we want to measure and know for certain and produce data that is that cortical steroid release doing something. Just an interesting fact, quick off the presses here. Kim Cole out of University of Ohio is doing something really interesting. She's actually in um, University of Ohio, Ohio State Animal Science Department has asked the question, which many of your listeners may want to know, pro-inflammatory hormones, interleukin IL-6, interleukin alpha, tumor necrosis factor, 
And she's actually putting those corticosteroid releases with those tumor necrosis factors, those pro-inflammatory releases to find out where that correlation goes. Wow. We'll see. Stay tuned. Lots of things. Oh, yes. All the things. We have to stay tuned. Well, with all of that that you have mentioned, I know this must impact the new nurse and not just the new nurse, other nurses too, because as science it keeps evolving more and more, we're learning and in so doing, we'll be able to provide the high quality care because when we think of the patients, we have to think of the whole patient, the entire, the holistic approach we have so that the patient will receive that quality, individualized care. That's so important, uh, uh, Rashan, because if the patient doesn't receive that culturally um, care, that care that fits that person, then the person will still be in need. Absolutely. And we, our goal is to provide that care that will embody all the different, um, the, the whole health of the person. Because we know that health is not just the physical, what we have to do with the emotional, the spiritual, the mental, and the entire being. You know, so that's so great. But from your experience, I'm really excited about what you have shared with us. And I'm sure our new nurses and our seasoned nurses will glean because this is like a new science. It keeps evolving. And I'm so excited that you came on. Now, from your experience, have you met any young nurse or know of any one of them or nurses or young people who would want to become nurses, but they're not sure, they're frustrated, or they have had maybe some experiences? Do you have a nugget or anything you'd like to just share with us? There are so many new nurses. And uh, Dr. Smith's going to help me on my radio program and come on and talk. So if you want to hear more, we can do that together. So you can okay. see her here and hear her on the other side. Yes. But the new nurses, the definition of new. So there's the new young nurse who this is, might be their first career, be their female or male. It may be their first career. And getting out of that gate and getting going is tough because there's so much in the nursing field. And where do you start? And the anxiety, both good and bad, that cortical steroid release, both good yes. and bad. Yes. I want to see the patient. My heart is in it. I feel, and it comes from a soulful feel. And that can be so devastating for the young nurse because when you hit the clinics and you're taking all of that soulfulness home with you, having that network, and you've talked about this on a couple of your episodes, Having that network there to keep your heart and your soul very flexible. So important. Sorry. Very. It is so important. So one of the things, the challenges I see with young nurses are threefold. Keeping their heart and soul together in that place that caused them to choose nursing as a career in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Two, Understanding the nursing field, because it is a patient care field, it is a caregiving field, but there's so many levels of care and patient interaction, trying to understand where do I fit in this? And the third thing I see is the burnout rates being so high and finding those mentors. Things have changed so much because I don't know if you have had that experience, but 
many back in the days when you would have gone to uh, a doctor or some specialist and they would have to give you the x-ray and you have to take it in your hand to this other doctor or some those days are done because what is done now they you get permission and if you're in maryland and i'm in new york and the doctor the important is relevant and i need i need um I need the information to be conveyed to that specialist. Once I give the permission, it's open. The chart is open. Right. And therefore, a repetition of certain things, tests also might not have to be done. There are certain results that are there that would give for, for um, continuity of care. You know, one of the things I've seen, and I'm referencing this from my own parents. My parents are in their 80s, and they grew up in the Vietnam generation. So they were born in 1941 and 1942. That magic of, I don't have it in my hands to show somebody, but it's magic through the computer. Can I trust it? Are they seeing, is the doctor seeing what I'm seeing? For that older generation, that's scary. For us who've embraced the technology, it's like, yes, we can do this. And for some of those patients coming in, especially as a young person who's grown up with this technology, you gotta think, those folks in the medical care who were requiring medical care in their 70s and 80s, my parents who are Indiana, in Indiana are almost scared to come to Maryland because they don't believe that their patient records will travel like that, but they do. And one of the things I can see where a young, new, fresh nurse can really make a heart difference to that category of patient is it's okay. I've got it here. See, because the C is the proof. These folks were, grew up with the yellow tablets and the pencils, right? Mm -hmm. Seeing was believing. It was those patient notes you were talking about. And oftentimes the, the stories I hear from my parents are, I walked in and the nurse just said, we got it, don't worry about it. And then I got this answer and I'm not sure I believe that answer because nobody showed me. A piece of advice for those new nurses, show them. They're literate. That is great. That is great. That's a great point that you have brought up there. You know, you know, yesterday I was talking to, that's so important. There it is, seeing is believing. And when you have taken, when the young nurse has taken out that time, that extra time, that few minutes or a minute or so, and just explain and show, it will make a world of difference and the care will be of the best quality. That's what we'll call high quality care. It was yesterday I spoke with um, one of my former colleagues and she is, she most times now she lectures, but she also, she works in the lab. And you know what she said to me? She actually said to me, you know, something happened in that someone took some medication, but the person took the medication, put all the medication in his mouth at one time. And that actually, she had to perform a halmic maneuver. I'm saying that to say, and she said to me, Miriam, you know what? You need to tell your young nurses that, tell your nurses, that they need to take one pill at a time, one pill, because that person could have died. That person could have passed. It is so easy and rightfully so. And this is where I think 
some of the more mature folks, we get going so fast because we know we've got this and this and this and this and this and this to do. And when we pass that to our new nurses, who they can outrun us <laughs> in a heartbeat. They have got that energy in those legs that we used to have. Um, when they, I'm going to pick my language very carefully here because it's not that we don't want, and I'm, I, I, I am not a nurse, so I'm coming at this from a different point of view. I'm a microbiologist by training. I did nursing in the nursing homes at CNA. Boy, did I change a lot of bedpans and I can make hospital corners like in my sleep. Um, qualified medical assistant back in the 90s, did all that going through college, thinking I was going to be a MD, PhD, and ended up in the PhD program for microbiology and immunology. I designed organ models, which meant artificial skin. So you see a lot of those transplants and drug trials and what goes across the skin, because yeah, after all, we've all got skin. Um, wow. One of the things coming through all of this as the more mature person, so here's, I took that moment to get my thoughts together. As a more mature person and getting that speed, it's easy to forget what you take for granted. Mm. For example, the example you just gave with the laboratory person and the entire prescription at one time, it's so easy for us in our experience to say, well, of course you do this. It's time released. No, you don't crush it. It is how you administer it becomes so routine for us that we forget that our patients may not be reading it that way. And this is where that new nurse with the confidence, not the snottiness, the confidence to say to your older nurse, do you think that patient actually knows how to take the meds? It's so easy for us to go, yeah, my glass of water. <laughs> that quality of care and just that little, just like you said, just that little bit, you know, is it under the tongue? Does it dissolve in your mouth? Don't take it with this one. If you're going to take that med, let at least 40 minutes pass before you take this one so you don't get one of the other things that has come across with my parents is, and this is where those new nurses can really uplift those older nurses and vice versa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is noon, what is morning, and what is evening and bedtime? Because and I may be really going off, but morning to a retired person may not be 5 a.m. that it is to a working person. So that five, noon, you know, five, seven, and 10, a retired person's schedule may look like nine, three, midnight. And so that quality of care can be, when do you eat breakfast? Which in our mind, we're thinking morning. You know, they may be eating breakfast at 10 in the morning after they've slept through. Anyway, patient cycles and medications. I'm sorry to diverse. Please, diverge. right there, you have hit the right point because a, a very crucial one too, because here it is. 
the timing for that patient. And that's why patient involvement is so important. Patient preference is also so important. Yes. So in order to give uh, the congruent care, the critical, I uh, would say, cultural congruent care, and that is in itself is diverse, right? It's so important to deal with patients as individuals. Well, this is great stuff. This is great. Well, I think we I may have caused you to have a lot of edits, though. I'm sorry. Huh? What's I that? think I may have caused you to have a lot of edits. I'm sorry. So listen, this is such a great, great opportunity that our nurses have just received from you opportunity to learn, to learn and know that others are looking on, patients are assessing, family involvement is critical. All of those factors put together as the new nurse or the seasoned nurse listens, that will impact positively because adjustment, adaptability is critical in, 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 um, in admi administering the quality, the high quality care that all patients deserve. All and, patients deserve the best care. Yes. If I can add one, I'll be good. Add one thing. Maybe we should come back on. Add one thing. We're going to have nurse, to again. We're going to have nurse, to. Nurses are in such a unique position juxtaposed to medical doctors because your patient, when you start talking with them, you earn their trust. If you take just those little moments like we talked about, how is your day? How is your daughter? How is this? They start talking. And when they start talking, that's when you can find out some of those things that as a young nurse make your jaw drop and your heart space just. Yes, yes. What are you eating? How are you eating? How are you clipping your toenails? What's going on? So you can then go to your more mature nurse and go, I don't think they're getting the nutritional requirements they need. And that may be the issue, not the meds. Very, very, very potent point there. Well, we're coming to the end of our little, uh, I would say, our interview today. But it's not even like an interview. It's really refreshing. But this was girlfriend chat. <laughs> this information that you have passed on, this definitely, those who are listening, they will see for themselves that it is so important to be participating in these times in the podcast community, in the radio community. There's so much we can learn from just listening. You know, all our senses are, but at this point, just listening. And of course, visual, because if you go on YouTube, you're going to learn some stuff too. Some of the stuff there are transferred from YouTube to MP3 into the podcast. But as you travel, as you ride, wherever you go, you can, you can put your earphones in, you can do exactly what you choose to. And here you have the world around with you. Absolutely. There's knowledge everywhere. And the more knowledge you give away, the more room you make for new knowledge. Wow. Don't ever feel trapped. Wow. Well, we have just about to, a few minutes more to go with this. 
what will be the final words on this particular podcast? Because uh, I know you'll be coming back in this interview. You would like to pass on to not just the new nurse, the older nurses, or the healthcare professionals, the interprofessional team. Uh, in a few sentences, just tell us, just tell us. Any saving point you want to leave with them or with us? Yes. From a mature point of view, value those folks you can mentor for their energy and appreciate those things they bring to the table. Notice when they rub you wrong, what it is that really rubs you wrong. And is it because it's something you're missing and they have? And if you're that young nurse, same thing. If what you learn or see in that more mature nurse rubs you wrong, think to yourself, why did I get that reaction? Don't just react. Why did I get it? Is it something I want? Something I know that's different? And all of us, take a breath, say a moment and approach it again. We're all here to lift each other up. Great, I would say, I would affirm you. I would attest to that. That is so important for the older nurse to value the input of the younger nurse and the younger nurse the likewise, because there might be some new studies, some new researches that have come out and the older nurse might um, be accustomed to a certain thing but there's some changes that she didn't even recognize at this time. And the younger nurse, because she's so fast on her computer and um, research the, re the research process so quickly, she's able to pick up some of the um, current things that are happening on the changes and bring new ideas and growth to the, to the unit or to the profession and the changes that become there. As we said initially, constant change this is the world constant change and yes. in science they're researching you are the phd you come to me with the D as a dnp the clinical person and i implement what you have researched and the patient receive the best care so we all pull our thoughts our reason our support together and make it happen so that the end the outcome is super the outcome all patients deserve the best care Evidence-based, quality, high-quality care, all patients deserves. Thank you so much for having come on the Empowering New Nurses show. And I know that because of your impact and your input today, you have given a charge. More nurses should be coming on, male and female. We are yes. all welcome. Yay. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. And I just want to give a big hug to all those nurses banging it out every day. It's a tough job. Thank you. Thank you. And we all salute all our nurses around the world. Thanks again, Dr. Mayor. And I'm sure you'll be coming back on the Empowering New Nurses show. Now I can be contacted on, I can be contacted on YouTube at um, Miriam Amanda Smith. On Podcast Mirror, that's on Instagram. I'm on Apple, on Facebook, Spotify. Great. Looking forward to hear your comments. Looking forward to hear your comments for both Dr. Mayor and myself. And whatever comments and contributions you have, we welcome. Thank you.